Welcome to Speak It On. This program is designed for the edification and entertainment of the listeners and not designed to be representative of a church, nonprofit organization, or denomination. Opinions expressed are solely those of the host. Hey, hey, welcome back. So, this is a very trying season for everyone. We just got out of 2020 and people were so happy because, you know, 2020 really, really stunk. I mean, to high heaven. So, it's interesting. I've been going through some of the prophets lately, specifically Jeremiah. And believe it or not, there's a word of encouragement in the book called Lamentations. Okay. Lamentations. That I think is really super appropriate for the time we're in right now. So, if you're dealing with COVID, if you have family with COVID, if you have friends with COVID, if you have, if you're just getting cagey because you're locked up, and you're feeling like you're going to pull your hair out, there's some really deep encouragement. And... Oddly enough, people will just roll their eyes if I say this out of the book of Jeremiah. So let me set the stage. Why why Jeremiah? Okay, first of all, Jeremiah, the book, the prophet, and Jeremiah was a priest, an Israeli priest. Now, Jeremiah is called the weeping prophet. And pretty much... Uh, if you're looking to get happy, you don't read Jeremiah because he's got a lot of depressing stuff that ends up going on. And then right after his book, what do we have? A very special book. A book called Lamentation. Which is a lamentation of Jeremiah. Now, just to kind of set the stage, Nebuchadnezzar is the Babylonian king or emperor at the time. And what's interesting is is um, Babylon at the time was known because of one of the ancient wonders of the world, which was the Hanging Gardens of Babylon. And Nebuchadnezzar would have been someone who either walked through those gardens or knew them or built them or something of that nature. They don't have a timeline completely because the archaeology is in there, but we know they had some fantastic, crazy gardens. Okay, now that's the first thing. So you think of, of Babylon. The other thing is that Nebuchadnezzar was a ruthless son of a gun. He was ruthless. So, 
God, through Jeremiah, had warned the king at that time was Zedekiah of Judah. And uh, Zedekiah chose mm, not to follow Jeremiah's advice. So, in response to that, Nebuchadnezzar caught the dude... And, now, get this, and this kind of outlines the ruthlessness of Nebuchadnezzar. He made Zedekiah, the king of Judah, watch while he killed every one of his sons in front of his face. Then he put his eyes out. So that that would be the last thing he ever saw. That's some ruthless evil. Okay? Now, Nebuchadnezzar is also the ruler in the book of Daniel. The first part. When Daniel was a teenager. Uh, was captured, of course, along with everyone else, quite a, quite a bit, all the smart people, and shipped off to Babylon. Something else that Nebuchadnezzar was known for is his furnaces. He really, really enjoyed, or this was his uh, kind of method of operation killing people is he had furnaces and he heated those jokers up and threw people in there and liked to watch them squirm while they died. He was a, yeah, not a fun guy. So here's the thing. You can track a whole lot of stuff with that. But bottom line is, in Jeremiah... God makes it very clear that Judah is not following God anymore. They're doing what they want. The priests and the elders, the religious leaders and the civic leaders, basically are doing what they want. And here's what happens when you do what you want. God lets you have your way and that's the worst thing that can happen to you because that's when Nebuchadnezzar came in and beat every one of them to a, to a bloody pulp and hauled them off and there wasn't a whole lot of mercy going on there so if that seems cruel it's really not when God begs and pleads for you to follow and then you don't and he says okay I'm going to let you have your way and when you get your way you're dealing with whatever horrors this planet has to offer you now I mentioned some uh I mentioned some good things, right? I mentioned that. Some encouragement. 
So I just had to set the stage. This was pretty blooming bleak, all right? This is a bleak situation. And this isn't even the the uh, the last time Israel and Judah are going to be just obliterated. The Romans actually came back, you know, centuries later. But the thing is, it starts, if you look in Lamentations chapter 3, and Jeremiah's just said a whole bunch of horrible things that, that have occurred, and he is really, really in the depths of depression, all right? I mean, it's just like got him around the throat. However, he doesn't forget God is going to walk him through it. And in verse, Lamentations, verse, chapter 3, verse 22, and this is King James. He says, It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. Because his compassions fail not. I love that. He's looking around, and really horrible things are going on. But God was watching him. God was watching over him. And he recognizes that. And it says, it's of the Lord's mercies. And the word mercies there is very significant. It's the word hesed. Sometimes that's in the Psalms translated as loving kindness. And hesed in Hebrew is one of those words that had that's just like a diamond. The more you turn it, the more facets you see of the absolute dedication that God will have to you if you will pursue Him. And it says that His compassions fail not. Now I'm going to swap over to the ESV for a second for verse Lamentations 3.23 and, and, and following. So, Lamentations 3.23 They are new every morning. New? What's new? His mercies. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. The Lord is good to those who wait for him. To the soul who seeks him. It is good that one should wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. By the way, the the word Lord, if you notice this in King James, they do this 
It's all caps. The reason it's all caps is because that word Lord is the word Yahweh. The personal name of the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The name he said, you guys are going to call me from now on. So that is to to let everyone know it's not just any God, it's the God. And it's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He says it is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. Now that is difficult, okay? There's nothing easy about waiting, but waiting quietly? Oh, wow. What a kicker that is. A lot of times we like to wait. But we're going, damn, man, I hate to wait. Things making me wait. Dang it. I'm sitting over here waiting. And we kind of grumble about it. And that's really not the kind of waiting God's talking about. It's the expectant waiting that you know God's going to do something and you're waiting on him to do it. And you don't have to say anything and you don't have to grumble. Why? Because you got confidence in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God that is the God of doing. He's the God of action. If you made an action movie, it would have God in it. Because God is a God of action. He's a God of, that does things. A lot of people don't see it because they're freaking blind. Because they, don't, they choose not to give him credit for stuff that is happening. But God's a God of action. And he does things. Now, then in verse uh, chapter 3, verse 27... goes on and kind of describes some other things about stages in life and so forth. But let me cap that thought with verse with chapter 3 verse 26. It is good for one to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. Now here's the kicker. God's timing is not our timing. God's timing is not our our timing. It's almost like you're in a prison camp and you've heard that someone's coming to rescue you, but you don't know when it's happening. You know what that gives you? That gives you hope. And God is the origin of hope. There is no hope without God. There is no hope without God. And he will come. But again, if you look at verse 25, there's the qualifier. And there's a lot of qualifiers in the Bible, okay? There's really a lot. It's people, you know, unfortunately, and even 
ministers tend to skip that jazz. Verse 5 says, The Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the soul who seeks him. That's kind of a parallelism. So if you're waiting for him expectantly, you are seeking him. That's action. That's action. What does that mean? That means that while you're waiting for your rescue from this place, from your situation, whatever it is in you, on you, you're seeking him and you don't stop. Now, is it easy? No. No. But who said hope has to be easy? Not all the time. So, with that in mind, I hope that whatever you're dealing with, whatever crazy, daisy, maniac stuff, is assailing you. You will know that the Lord God of Israel, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, who sent Jesus here for us, is with you. And if you will seek him and wait on him expectantly, what is expectant waiting? That's seeking. What is seeking? That's prayer, Bible study, and giving. Giving of your time, giving of your money, giving of of your effort. Right? So, with that in mind, I want to encourage you to don't give up, but keep on keeping on. Thank you for listening to this edition of Speak It On. And as always... Don't be afraid to speak the word in boldness and truth. And may God bless all of your efforts.